Welcome to the Serpent Soul Podcast, where we explore our identity before God and our relationship with God. I'm your host, Kenneth Grady, and I pray that we will be fed by the Word of God, led by the Spirit of God, and living with passion for the will of God. And in so doing, may we raise each other up as we lay ourselves down before the Lord. This is the Servant Soul Podcast. One of the most important things to get right is this question of identity. Who am I? And, uh, you know, the Bible's a big book. <laughs> Can we just be honest? I mean, it is, it's a big book. And it says a lot about humanity. It says a lot of good. It says a lot of bad. Um, so I'm not going to pretend to try to encapsulate everything that God's Word says about mankind. We're going to talk about one specific angle this morning. In Hebrews chapter 11, there is a passage that many refer to as the Hall of Faith and uh, has a a wonderful uh, history uh, of great men and women of God. And, you know, it's easy to read that and think about how awesome it would be to be there, you know, and how great it is that God really respects these individuals, these believers. But then when you look at the rest of the Bible, there's also about 1,188 other chapters about us screwing it up. Uh, It's easy to see the mess of others. Whenever we look at the children of Israel, specifically uh, in the Old Testament, and we read the stories of, you know, God was with them in the pillar of cloud by day, in the pillar of fire by night. You know, they, God split the sea and they walk across the ocean on dry land. And then Moses was taken away for, what, 40 days? And there they are, like, I guess we better worship a golden calf now. I mean, it's like, did they really do that? I mean, are people really that stupid? But, you know, in reality, yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, you know, and that's the importance of our perceived relationship to God. You see, the difference is they blew it and they knew it. Um, repentance was possible for them, and, and that's what's so special about the children of Israel When whenever you study the Bible, is yeah, I mean, they, they blew it, and then they... <laughs> God forgive them, and they get close to God again, and things were, would be better for a while, and then blow it again. But but what was unique was that they were aware of their failure. You know, they they were able to be reconciled to God, and re- repentance was possible because they had a proper view of of what their state was before God. When they became aware of their fallenness, then repentance and restoration was possible. The the concern that I have is with, you know, Christianity today, <laughs> like, me and Jesus, we got our own thing going. Me and Jesus, we got it all worked out. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe, but I mean, here we are, we're acting like we brought something to the table. I mean, we're like, we walk up to God, and it's like, well, uh, uh, I'll show you what I got, and uh, you show me what you got. Maybe we can make a deal. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know. The word on the street is uh, you have uh, eternity to offer, and well, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard, but I've got filthy rags, lots of them, and there's more where those came from. We got a deal. <laughs> I mean, really, uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, th- that perspective is-, is so warped with us today. Um, like I said, it, we're acting like we brought something to the table. Romans. 323 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
And, you know, we read that and it's like, they sure have, Lord. (laughs) They sure have. You know, like God's only talking about the lost. We've been on the grace bottle so long that, I mean, there's nothing. There is no reaction in our spirit for that. No reaction. You know, whenever you look at that, it says all have sinned. That means I have sinned and I have fallen. And uh, there's a funny thing about falling. You know, it's supposed to be scary. (laughs) It's not supposed to be a pleasant experience. But uh, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to go skydiving or seen a video of somebody skydiving. You know, when they, you know, those are professional that does it all the time. You know, you you see somebody jump out and at first, I mean, their arms are waving their face and their eyes are about as big as oranges. They're scared to death, screaming sometimes, maybe whatever. But then, you know, after after a little while, they're like, oh, you know, this, this isn't this isn't so bad. And they, you know, they start relaxing a little bit and they, they start enjoying it. Uh, you know, that's the difference between falling and skydiving. And, and that's how it is whenever, uh, you know, when we first experience grace, you know, we came to God. I came to God with fear and sorrow for my fallenness. Right. You know, at first we we, <laughs> we come before God ashamed of what we've done, ashamed. Of, and, and with that perspective that I am, I am fallen, that I am in peril. And unless God does something, it's not going to end well. But, you know, am I just skydiving now? Where's the fear? The lost and the saved both fall. The the difference is that the saved just don't go splat, you know, at the bottom. (laughs) But the the problem becomes that I feel so safe falling now that I'm just grabbing onto stuff on the way down. It's like, you you look at, ooh, what's that over there? No, we'll just drift over that way a little bit and grab on. Ooh, what's that over there? And so we just, maybe maybe I can just drift. Because, you know, we're not even scared anymore. You know, yeah, when God's got us, let go and let God, you know, right? We'll just, we'll just play the game. Uh, and, you know, it says that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, fallen from, from where? From his glory. And, and, you, and you know, when it says that you're fallen, you know, we're fallen from where we were. Now, I don't mean that we were, you know. And early in our life, we were, you know, standing in the glory of God. But the point is, God designed us for his glory. What is glory? Glory is beauty or magnificence. And God says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, what happened, right? Well, we know that sin happened. Uh, But, you know, God says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. You know, I'm supposed to be soaring, but I'm content to just hang from the parachute. You know, I'm not even trying to soar to glory. You know, I think the reason is, you know, you don't see an eagle flying around with its, you know, wings wrapped around everything it it wants to take with it. You know, I can't, I can't wrap my arms around the world and what the world has to offer and fly at the same time. I have to be willing to let go of some things. You know, and that brings me to the question is, you know, do we even want the glory? I mean, do we even want it now? We, we, we pull up to the celestial drive-through, you know. We have an appetite, but we don't have a hunger. You know, we want a smaller, medium Jesus. You know, just enough to satisfy our wants, but you know, getting a large you know, that would have consequences, right? You know, you might, <laughs> you know, you pull and you get something that you really like. And you're like, oh, I got supersized, you know, and then you end up with a bellyache, and that, you know, that's how we treat God. 
we want just enough to satisfy our craving, but we don't want enough that, you know, there might be some consequences. And, and whenever we pull up to the Celestial drive through we don't want what's offered. You know, you pull up to Wendy's and the lady's talking, oh, would you like to try our two for... No, you don't even hear it, you know, because you're... <laughs> you don't even paying attention because you're too busy looking at the menu of blessings. You don't even hear what's offered. You, you, you're, not even, you're not even concerned with that because you're so focused on, on, on choosing what you want. And, you know, you're like, can I have a small Jesus and a double order of blessings, please? <laughs> Actually, I, you know, I'm in a hurry. Can I just get the blessings in a straw? You know, I mean, really? <laughs> and we think that's okay because, you know, we're God's child now. And God wants us to be blessed. But we forget that we're falling. We're looking at what the world offers on the way down instead of looking up at what we fell from. Don't, you, don't lose your fear of falling. 1 Corinthians 3.11-15 says, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer a loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Yep, <laughs> you'll be okay, but your life will explode when you reach the end. I mean, you know, <laughs> we're once saved, always saved. Let's get ready for the bonfire, right? I mean, God forbid. Yes, God can save you from the fall, but how much junk are you going to make him hold on your way down, right? I mean, yes, you might have grace. Yes, you might be safe. But are, is your life and your works just going to be consumed in the end? I mean, what good is that? Remember, remember how to be a sinner first and then a Christian. Like I said earlier, Israel blew it, but they knew it. Do you? I mean, Christians act now like my sin was disgusting. But, you know, I'm not, now I'm just a mild sinner. When I sin, it's still disgusting. You know, talking to Christians about sin is pathetic. You talk about some lame, impassionate garbage. Uh, you know, God is good, and I, st- I still struggle sometimes. Or, 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 or I just kind of do the best I can. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> Newsflash, I have no testimony without sin. And minimizing my sin is my pride minimizing God. You know, me and Jesus haven't always been buddies. <laughs> Hello. It is time to tell it like it is. It's time to tell it like it is. I have sinned. I have fallen. And my sin nailed Jesus to the cross. My righteousness is as filthy rags. A wretched man that I am. See, God can use that. He won't apply his glory until I remove my own. We're not talking about low self-esteem. This is proper perspective. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. But you see, I must be restored to that. I have to want his glory, and I have to recognize that I need it. Church, it's time. It's time to rise up on wings like eagles and soar. They need to see us go from falling to soaring. They need, <laughs> they need to see that we're not holding on the world, onto this world in the same way. And, you know, they might just have some questions. Like, huh, what, what, did you see that guy? What, what, what's going on over there? Let them see us take sin seriously. I didn't just have a little mess up. My sin hurts me, it hurts my family, it hurts my testimony, and it hurts my church. Jesus died for that sin. Stop playing with it. 
I have sinned, I have fallen short of the glory of God, and when I own who I am, then I can own what God's glory can do in my life. Because he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Amen. Thanks for listening. And until next time, may we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen.